Well, hi, welcome to the Debt Matters Podcast, a place where you can get answers for your financial problems from licensed insolvency trustees from across Canada. I'm Wayne Kay, and if you're lying awake at night stressed about what you're gonna do about your debts, or if you dread answering the phone because of bill collectors, this show is for you. So what's a licensed insolvency trustee? They are federally regulated professionals who provide advice and services to individuals and businesses with debt problems. They're also known as LITs. They help people make informed choices to deal with their financial difficulties. Now, of course, during the COVID pandemic, it's been a rough and tumble ride, and we've seen some really drastic effects on Canadians. Some have seen significant growth in their wealth, and others, not so much. Job losses and their entire worlds have been turned upside down. I think in the next year, we're truly going to feel the impact of this pandemic. So once again, that is why we've created the Debt Matters podcast. My guest today, Derek Chase with Derek Chase and Associates in Campbell River, BC. Thanks for being here, Derek. Thanks very much, Wayne. It's a pleasure to be here. Derek, as I was talking about those uh, troubles that uh, Canadians are going through, were you nodding your head and saying, yeah, we're seeing a real divide nowadays? Yeah, I would agree totally with that. You know, when you were speaking, the the image that came to my mind was that of a roller coaster. I mean, there's been so many dramatic uh, changes and announcements every week and things going this way and that way. It really has affected uh, people from coast to coast dramatically. And I think now more than ever, people need to be aware of uh, what the law is and and how they can utilize that to, to help in their own situations. Well, and I think this is where the show is so critically important, especially with you and other LITs, because maybe you can explain a little bit more the importance of an LIT as opposed to just, you know, going to the corner store and saying, I I need a loan to put all my stuff together. To get the facts, I, I think is hugely important before you make any big decision. And if you're relying just on a friend's, uh, Uh, comments from their past experience or rushing off to get perhaps uh, a loan with a super high interest rate, you know, you might be making some steps that you wish you, you hadn't taken. And again, you know, with, with big decisions, uh, certainly when I make a big decision, I want to make research into that. I want to gain, gain the facts, get all the background that I can, and then feel confident moving forward with uh, making a choice with what to do. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, like when they hear insolvency trustee or they hear the word bankruptcy, it, it terrifies them. They say, ah, you know, it just really freaks them out. It can. I, I think more so in the past than than the present. But uh, I always look at uh, the, the the use of bankruptcy as uh, just another tool in the toolbox. It's a, it's a financial tool that allows people to reset in in different circumstances. And it's one of several options that we would go over with an individual and explore as to whether that tool would fit their setting and Mm -hmm. enable them to have a brighter financial future. And it wasn't until I started working with LITs that I actually got to understand how this whole thing worked and realizing how, how many Canadians don't realize the, the resource that you are to, to many of them. And it starts with a free consultation. We'll talk about that a little later on. So what do you think are some of the options? Like the people who are going through a tough time right now financially, maybe their debt is now out of control. They've lost 
maybe they've lost a loved one tragically. Maybe they've lost their jobs. Maybe they're, you know, on the verge of losing their homes. What are some of the options that Canadians have? Well, I mean, some of the options that I think you want to steer away from initially, uh, if you are facing a debt situation, would be to liquidate assets that you might not have to. For example, uh, an RSP is something that a creditor can't necessarily force you to do something with. But if you rushed out and, and liquidated that, not only would you lose that asset, you would create another tax liability on the redemption or perhaps you know you 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 go to a, a friend or family and try and get a, a large loan and get them to co-sign and you know that might not be the best setting either so you know exploring your options talking to a trustee a trustee will just analyze your situation assess it provide you with a ton of feedback as to different ways you could go. So it's important to, uh, to, to gain that understanding. I think mm -hmm. it's funny that you bring up the, you know, touching the RRSPs because I have actually had friends who've gotten into, you know, a little bit of debt and they're quite concerned about it and they, they're worried that it's growing and they've said, well, uh, I guess I'm going to start to have to cash in some RRSPs and bring this down. And I've said, well, no, that's a terrible idea. You don't want to be doing that. Can you expand a little bit more on, you said that it's the tax implication, but you don't want to use that to pay off your debt and then not have anything. What are your thoughts? Well, an RSP is really designed for a person's retirement. And uh, several years ago, the government recognized that there was uh, an imbalance between those people who might have pensions and, and paying money into a pension, which is exempt from creditors versus those people that didn't have a pension. So they brought in a change to the federal law, which allowed for uh, a person to contribute to an RSP and that contribution to be exempt from creditors. But there are certain safeguards to that. For example, any contributions to a RSP within the 12 months preceding a filing of a consumer proposal or a bankruptcy is, is not exempt from creditors. But that's the, the background is just to make a level playing field across Canada for people with pensions versus people who don't have pensions. And definitely a mistake to uh, cash it out just to deal with debt before you know all of your options. At what point should people reach out to get help with their debt? Well, that's a good question. I mean, everyone's got a little bit different tolerance for, for dealing with debt. Uh, sometimes we talk to people who are you know, owing between five and $10,000 and they're extremely uncomfortable and they're unable to just have a functioning monthly budget. And in those situations that five or $10,000 might as well be Mount Everest. I mean, they just can't get over that. And I, I think if, if, uh, if it's on your mind a lot, if you're getting calls from collectors, if your monthly budget is just not working, uh, if you're, debt just isn't moving and you're, you're just servicing a high interest rate, you know, those are, those are some indicators that you should be reaching out and, and again, trying to discover the facts to some of the options that might be able to get you to break through that negative momentum. Mm -hmm. how, do, how does this whole process start? So what happens? Somebody just calls you and says, okay, I think I need some help. I've, I've heard from friends maybe that, you know, you can help me out. Can you kind of just walk it through what it looks like? 
Well, historically, it started with a, a phone call. We would get a phone call and uh, someone would inquire just to ask for a meeting and, and we would meet with them and, and go through their, their situation. Now we've morphed a little bit more towards an online uh, setting where we deal with either uh, emails or uh, Zoom meetings or that type of thing. But and initially, it starts with an initial meeting and virtually any trustee across Canada would provide a, a free initial assessment. So it's certainly something to take advantage of um, to, to find out that information for free. And especially if someone's trying to pressure you to, to sign or do something or uh, commit to a, a big payment that you're not comfortable with, whether that's a, a, a bank or somewhere else, you know, take advantage of that free consultation and, and make the call or the email and any trustee in Canada would be glad to give you some information about, uh, about how to deal with your situation. And I know that when you talk to somebody for the first time, often they see, okay, here's somebody who actually understands what I'm going through. They actually have some ideas on on what to do. They see hope for the first time. And that's the hard part for a lot of people is they they lose hope because they're, as you said, they're, they're crushing under this debt and, and it's difficult to deal with for a lot of people. So there's kind of a, a, a joy that happens after that initial call, if you if I could say joy regarding debt. Well, yeah, that's, that's true. I don't know if it would be uh, absolute joy, but I've certainly heard the phrase I'm already feeling the stress leave me. Yeah, that's once, it. <laughs> uh, once people uh, discover that there's a pathway to walk that can get them to the other side of this uh, predicament that they're in. I mean, so much stress, so much lost sleep, just thinking, you know, what am I going to do next? How am I going to deal with this? How am I going to meet my bills next month? So once you start to find out information, then that information, I think, leads to that stress release and and you can put a a plan in place or, or, you know, that there's a federally approved processes, you know, it's, it's the government of Canada, it's parliament saying, you know, we know that sometimes people get into a pickle and there needs to be a, a way out of that. Um, can you imagine if there, if there wasn't that available, it would just be horrible. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's, it's a good system. I, you know, other countries look at the Canadian system and uh, recognize that it's a good one. So uh, licensed insolvency trustees are, are, are well equipped and I know my colleagues would uh, share those sentiments that we try and give you know good honest advice and then go from there. That's great advice. Let's talk a little bit more about some of the different options if somebody's in debt. Now there's the, the big one is bankruptcy. There's also consumer proposals. Can you explain some of the what those are? Well both of those are federally regulated options and the consumer proposal option is a lot like it sounds it's uh, you're making an offer or a proposal generally to your unsecured creditors to repay back a portion of the debt over time and a really positive thing about a consumer proposal is that there's a stay of proceedings the same as in a bankruptcy filing and that simply means that uh, collectors or creditors stop collecting from you and you don't pay them directly so essentially you're trying to, to come to a, an agreement or an offer where you can pay back some money that really fits your budget over time. So uh, perhaps a person's gone to try and get a consolidation loan from a bank or a credit union and uh, they just don't qualify, you know, just don't check off all the boxes. Well, a, a consumer proposal is a logical next step because it's designed such that it will be a consolidation loan in a sense that, that the payment fits your budget 
and still allows you to make the future months livable and, and workable. Um, so it's become very popular. And as of now, it's, uh, it's more popular or there's more filings uh, through a consumer proposal across Canada than there are bankruptcies. So it's really become a win-win for both the people owing money and the creditors end up recovering a little bit more than in a bankruptcy setting. So they're, they're happy with it as well. Mm -hmm. And what about bankruptcy? What does that mean in this day? Well, bankruptcy is uh, it's, it's appropriate in certain circumstances. It's uh, it's, um, it gives a, a person relief from their their debt. It's a legal process, so you, you, as is a consumer proposal. But in a bankruptcy setting, you're you're getting that stay of proceedings, and then you're traveling down a pathway to get what's called a discharge from bankruptcy, and that uh, takes differing lengths of time depending upon your income situation and if you've had a prior bankruptcy filing maybe a couple decades ago. Uh, but it still will get you to the other side of, of the mountain. Yeah. I like to use the analogy that uh, both a consumer proposal and, and a bankruptcy, they're, they're just two different roads to get you around the mountain, but, but both of them are going to get you there. Uh, some of the probably immediate questions people have if they're uh, listening to this show and they're you know freaking out over their debt, you know, they start worrying when they hear bankruptcy, consumer proposals. Some of the things that maybe pop into their mind, you know, can they keep their car? Can they keep their house? What about the tools that they need? So let's break that down. So how does that affect your house? Well, how it affects your house, that's a whole other podcast on itself right there, Wayne. It's uh, some analysis that needs to go into the house, but I think it's worthwhile understanding a little bit of the background of why you can keep stuff. Uh, and that is, you know, the, the federal government wants has put these provisions in place to allow the honest but unfortunate person a, a fresh start. And so you can't really get a fresh start if you lose all your stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you have tools and you're a carpenter and, and you go through a consumer proposal or a bankruptcy filing and they're all taken from you, you, you can't continue to earn a living. So the, the federal government has uh, put law into place which allows each province to set its own exemptions for what a person can keep when they proceed through a consumer proposal or a bankruptcy filing. So in BC, you know, those exemptions are going to be a little bit different than Alberta or, you know, Nova Scotia. And I can only speak to the, uh, to the BC exemptions. There are some federal exemptions such as the RSP that we touched on uh, a few minutes ago. But in British Columbia, um, yeah, as far as the house goes, we have to take a look at how much value is in that house and value being the amount of uh, the fair market value less what the mortgage balance is. But there is an exemption for equity in your principal residence of $9,000. And in the lower mainland, that would be $12,000. So small, uh, small adjustment there. Mm -hmm. And uh, what that means is a a creditor can't force you to do anything with at least $9,000 from your, from your um, house. And that principal residence could be a, you know, a freestanding house, a condo, a fifth wheel. There's all sorts of things that uh, people will live in. It could be a boat if you're along the coast here. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's allow it's a provision to allow you to try and maintain a residence. 
And so $9,000 is the amount that we're normally dealing with there. Okay, I love that idea. So we will do another show on that deeply, but so you do get to keep your car, your house and your tools. For the vast majority of time, I would say yes to that. Tools of the trade, there's an exemption for tools of the trade of $10,000. People might think, oh, $10,000, I've got way more tools than that. You know, I've been, you know, accumulating these, these tools to be a mechanic or a carpenter for a long time. But what we're looking at when we talk about $10,000 is what is that market value today? You know, could you go and sell those tools for, for $10,000 or, or less today? Right. And although those tools might be incredibly valuable to the uh, tradesman or tradesperson, uh, to, the, uh, to the general public, often they're worth not very much. So $10,000 can go a long way in uh, keeping your tools of the trade. That same sort of analysis applies to a, a vehicle. Lots of times people continue with, uh, you're allowed to keep a vehicle up to $5,000 in value. And nobody's really in the business of taking vehicles. So uh, even if the value of the vehicle crept up over that $5,000 and it was more like $7,000, then oftentimes the person would still retain that $7,000 vehicle, but they would have to account for that $2,000 and make that available to their creditors over time. Mm -hmm. In other settings where a motor vehicle has a loan against it, again, we get back into that setting where we're doing an analysis of what's the market value of the vehicle, less the, the uh, secured car loan against that. And so if the value was 13,000 on the vehicle and the loan balance was 10, the equity there, or the value would be $3,000 and the exemption of 5,000 would, would allow you to keep your vehicle so long as you continue to service the secured car loan. Okay. So many different uh, options for, uh, for people to look at. And obviously it's not just a cut and dry yes or no answer. It's uh, up to each individual and uh, what you analyze from each person. Uh, we're running out of time for our very first episode. Uh, what would you like to end with? What is your final advice for us? Well, I, you know, I, I think sometimes people feel that they're in trouble with their finances. They've got a lot of debt and that maybe that cartoon image comes to mind where the person's standing there naked in a barrel you know, and they're, yeah. they're in big trouble. That's that's simply not the case. Well, I think that's a perfect place for us to uh, wrap up the show. And Derek, thank you very much for all the information. And if people want more information about Derek Chase, you can go to bankruptcytrusteebc.ca. And that's it for our first episode of the Debt Matters Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the Debt Matters Podcast on Google, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you love to grab your podcasts. And of course, get more information at debtmatters.ca to learn more about where to find podcast subscription details and a lot more. Thanks for listening. 